0: You're listening to the summary of the interview. For a link to the full-length episode, please check the description below. This interview is about quality, nutrient density and flavor of food and their connection with soil health and human health. I think it's safe to say that if Dan and the team at the Bionutrient Food Association get it right, they will change the entire food and agriculture sector for the better. Welcome to another episode of Investing in Regenerative Agriculture. Investing as if the planet mattered podcast show where i talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil people local communities and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return why my focus on soil and regeneration because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land grow our food and what we eat And it's time that we as investors, big and small, and consumers start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. Before we get started, I've been recording these interviews next to my day job and I will definitely continue to do so and release about an episode a month. But at the same time, I would love to take this further, share more interviews. There are many more stories to share on investing in regenerative food and agriculture. More depth, improve the quality, maybe even doing some video series. So I started a Patreon community, which makes it easy to support creators like myself. If these podcasts have been of value to you, and if you have the means, I invite you to support me and make this happen. For more information, please find the link to my Patreon account in the description below. I'm Koen van your host, and today I interview Dan Kittridge, organic farmer, founder of the Bionutrient Food Association, working hard to demonstrate the connections between plant health, soil health, carbon sequestration, crop nutritional value, flavor, and human health.
1: Our basic idea is that plants have evolved to grow. And the more we can manage our soils in a fashion so that the plants are able to do what they've evolved to do, the better it is for everybody involved. We have, through our organization, tried to really tease out the wisdom from the organic community as well as from the permaculture community and the agroecology, from biodynamics, from conventional agriculture. For one, I think if a crop is being attacked by a flesh-eating fungus, that's usually a sign of poor health. Let's acknowledge that and say we may have organically approved fungicides, but that does not mean that we're producing high quality food. It just means we're not using certain synthetic chemicals. So the conclusion we've come to after a number of years is that really the nutritional value of the food is what matters. The flavor, the aroma, the nutritive value correlates with the health of the person that eats it, the health of the plant, the health of the soil and the ecosystem. We, in our research last year, we sampled 600 carrots from around the country, different you know stores, farmers markets, farms, organic, conventional and the nutritional variation in polyphenols was 20,000%. This is not a small number. There is a a massive nutritional variation in food which correlates to the health of the plant, correlates to the health of the human that eats it. Let us be assessed by the actual health of the food we produce and let that be the real marker, not the label or the marketing scheme. To do three basic things, One is to build a tool that a consumer can use to test quality in real time, as in flash a light, like a smartphone camera flash at a carrot, and then get a reading out which says relatively how good this is. The second step is to identify the variation in quality. And to your question, there does not seem to be any database anywhere globally that I've been able to find at least in 10, 12 years of looking and asking people who would know There's no database which identifies the variation in nutrient levels within a crop. So, this carrot relative to that carrot, etc. There's a third step to the campaign, a third leg of the stool, as it were, which is what are the environmental conditions, which management practices, which soil types, fertility programs, varieties of crops, microbiome, dynamics. What are the environmental conditions which cause which quality results? And so our long-term hope is to be able to give growers the ability to shift their management practices during the growing season.
0: Is that a rock-solid connection, like we know if this is a very nutritious carrot, that it had to be grown in a very healthy soil?
1: I'm sure there are ways with hydroponic systems to produce carrots that are much more nutritious than what's on the shelf right now. but. If money is a factor, if cost of production is a piece of the puzzle, we'll never be able to do it as economically as with collaboration with microbes in the soil. That is the most efficient way to produce crops that are highly nutritious. Foundationally, there's this, it seems to be an assumption, unquestioned assumption in the general public, which is that all food is basically the same. That all carrots have the same thing in them that all milk has the same thing in it etc it's basically uniform like plastic or or steel it's one thing it's a yeah. uniform material and that is just absolutely not true and so while i think that the climate angle is important i think the visceral self-interest of your child is sick and A really good way to help your child not be sick anymore is to feed your child food that is most nutritious.
0: Like In a supermarket in, let's say, the United States, if you choose one orange over another one, is there already enough supply of nutrient dense ones, or are most of them relatively the same?
1: I gave you the the number 20,000%. That's the full variation that we found. But within any grocery store, there's easily 100% or 200% variation within the crops that are available. They may all still be relatively poor. They likely are still relatively poor. But our thought is, if, if you think of a, you know, a carrot, the most nutritious carrot is 100, and something that's basically empty is one. Most carrots are between 15 and 35. That's where they're at, or maybe it's you know, eight and 15. They're relatively low, but there is still a significant variation. And so our thought is that this is going to be an evolutionary process whereby people start buying the 30s and start leaving the 15s on the shelf, and then the people that are going 15s realize they have to up their game, so they start to produce 35s and 40s, and then their crops start to move off the shelf, and then the people who are doing 30s start to, you know, up their game and get to 50. Our thought is this is a competition to the top. If we can establish a incentive, a visceral economic incentive, to inspire people to compete to do better, then we have succeeded.
0: What does it mean for investors that are maybe already invested actually in agriculture and food or are looking at that and want to basically unlock the potential impact? What does this movement mean for them?
1: We expect that there will be a this will be fairly disruptive to the food supply chain. So our thought is that farmers are going to be able to understand how to grow crops more well, which is not, <laughs> which means they're not going to be using synthetic fertilizers and toxic chemicals. You cannot produce high quality food while you're killing life. Many of the old open pollinated heirloom varieties of, of crops are the ones that have a better inherent potential there. So, you know, I think it was Hippocrates, the father of Western medicine, who said, let food be thy medicine. But our strategy is to work with anybody who wants to work with us. We're not opposed to Monsanto. You know, they've got an amazing global supply chain. And if they want to understand the data that we're collecting and support farmers in producing better crops, so be it. Let them. We need to transition agriculture globally in short order. So we're not against anybody. We're for life and for vitality, and we're happy to work with anybody who wants to engage. So anybody who's working with us to engage in data collection is going to know more than their competitors. They'll be more well established in in success. You know if you're in the supply chain and you're and you're purchasing crops and you're processing them, et cetera, working with us to help understand the variation so that you can choose which crops are better is, means that you're going to be well positioned when the when this whole thing hits so we are a a an ngo a nonprofit educational organization everything we're doing is in the commons which means it can't be controlled or owned so the engineering for the tool the algorithm for the definition of quality the app the data set all that stuff is in the commons and <laughs> if i could ask for anything to change tomorrow with wave my magic wand it would be that there's an understanding of variation in food quality that food is not uniform if we understood the the variation and the implications of it all the rest of these shifts would follow would flow very naturally
0: you just listen to the summary of the interview for the full length interview please find the link in the description below You can find all the details on patreon.com slash regenerativeagriculture or in the description below. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.